When I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord and how He picked me up, turned me around, how He placed my feet on solid ground. Let's sing it again. When I think about the Lord, when I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me, how He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how He picked me up and turned me around, how He placed my feet on solid ground, it makes me want to shout.
Isaiah chapter 50 verse 10 through 11. I'm going to speak this morning on a sermon entitled Candles for the Darkness. Candles for the Darkness. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 10 through 11. If you're ready to receive the word today, could you say amen? Amen. May God anoint the reading of his word and may he anoint me as I bring forth the word today. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. Look, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with sparks, walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks that you have kindled. This you shall have from my hand. You shall lie down in torment. Now, I fully realize that in the text that I've read to you today that God is showing displeasure for his people. Uh, He is showing displeasure in those that put their trust in the work of their own hands. How many of you know that without Jesus you can't do anything? We just talked about that last week. You take out Jesus and we become nothing. Without the vine, the branches are going to die. We must have him. But within the warning of Isaiah 50... There is this little section that I want to grab, if I could, for just a few minutes this morning. This phrase that that I want to emphasize today in this message. And that is the words, walk in the light of your fire. Walk in the light of your fire. I want us to understand that there are times that will come, and we've spoke about this often, when we must learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. There comes a time that we will walk in the light of the assurance of the fact that Jesus Christ has given us a light. That we will not allow ourselves to be surrounded or overwhelmed by so much of this world's present darkness. That it dispels the candle or the light that is in our own life. Because I'll tell somebody today that we are living in dark times folks. How many of you agree with that? It must be true that whenever you turn on the news, you would have to agree with me that this world is dark. And quite frankly, we can sit here and we can try to play as 
as play nice and say, well, everything's going to get so much better. But when I turn on the news, I don't see better. I'm seeing worse and worse. I'm seeing more killings in our streets. I'm seeing brutality going on. I'm seeing a lot going on. I'm seeing racial division at a height that I have never seen in my 38 years of living. And so I see all this going on. So I see that, that there's a darkness in the world. And, and I'm telling you who's responsible for the darkness. It's the prince of darkness. And that is the devil. And anything that is dark, it is not of God. So when we look at racial division and we look at all the murders and brutality and things that are going on in our streets, let me tell you something. It is not the work of God. It is the work of the darkness. And it is the work of the devil. If there has ever been a day that we need candles in the darkness, it is now. If there has ever come a day that the Christian that is the light that is set on the hillside that cannot be easily hid needs to shine, we are living in that day right now. See, and I like it that even when we go through darkness in our own lives and have dark times, I'm glad that God will provide for us a candle in our life to dispel the darkness that surrounds us. Can I say to somebody today that regardless of how dark the darkness gets, it will never dispel the light. The light will always prevail. I need you to understand that. There is never a time, I don't care if the scales seem tipped and it looks like the devil is winning. It looks like darkness in your life is winning. I want you to know that all it takes is one candle, just one little light, and all of a sudden, all the darkness around you, it has to begin to dispel. It is significant to note to us today that God is not speaking in this text to the sinner. He is speaking to His people. He is speaking to those who fear God. Hear His servant's voice and walk in darkness. Watch this. Walk in darkness. It would seem a bit odd and unusual that God's people are found fulfilling the will of God while they are yet walking in the darkness. I was studying there are three kinds of darkness that you can read of in the Bible. The first one is in John 3.19. It's the darkness of sin. This is where God said that men love darkness because their deeds are evil. That's the darkness of sin. You know, somebody talks about sinners. Listen, sinners are supposed to sin. Sinners are supposed to do wrong. It is in their nature. It is the darkness of sin in their life. And they would rather have darkness than light, the Bible says. And then secondly, there's the darkness of ignorance. If we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another. There's a darkness of demonic oppression. This darkness of demonic oppression can become so heavy at times that it seems touchable. It seems tangible. And we are seeing that in our day and hour. But it is also true that God's people can find themselves surrounded by darkness. It is true that even God's people, that we can find ourselves in a place that life gets bad. And situations around us and circumstances. It could be financial uh, circumstances that can cause darkness and bleakness and dismal in our life. It can be a relationship going sour that can cause darkness in our life. There are many ways that God's people... It can just be another valley. It could be just another trial. It could be a well-meaning brother or sister saying something to us that offends us and makes us think... Who do they think they are? If that's Christian and I'm leaving the church, there's going to be times that the Christian is going to find themselves surrounded by the darkness. 
When this happens, what's the best thing to do? Run? Of course not. You stand still. You understand the situation. You don't make any quick moves. You have patience, even when it's hard to be patient in times like this. You're realizing that even when you can't see God, because of the darkness, always remember that God can still see you. That's tweetable. That, that, that's Facebook worthy right here if you want to put something good on. So even in the darkness when I cannot see God. Anybody ever been in the darkness when you look and you can only see so far in your regular human vision? And so what do you do? Well, in the old days they had a lantern or a candle, a torch of some sort. Now we're sophisticated and we have battery powered, anybody? Flashlights. Either way, it's a light in the darkness. And so when we get to a place that we can't see, we have to have this light to dispel the darkness to get us to where we're going. So I want somebody to understand that there are times in your relationship, there's time with your family members, there's times with the circumstance that is dark around you, that you are going to come to a place that you're not going to be able to see God because your vision is going to be limited by the darkness. Come on, somebody. Do you hear what I'm telling you? But always remember that no matter how dark it gets, God can still see me. I think Job 23 expresses this to us. Job said, look, I go forward, but he is not there. I go backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, I cannot behold him. When he turns to the right hand, Job said, I cannot see him. But look at what Job says. Do you notice the wording? I cannot see him. If anybody's been through darkness, read the story of Job. I don't have to reiterate it today. We should all know it if we're Bible believers. He lost literally everything that he had. So you want to talk about darkness. Job knows what it is to be dark. When a tornado hits your house or a whirlwind and kills all of your children in one setting at supper time, this man knows what darkness is. He finds himself coming to a place that he says, I am walking, I cannot See, but what I do understand is that God sees me because he knows the way that I take. And when he's testing me, I'm going to come forth as pure gold. Praise the Lord. God is going to help me make it through the darkness. It's important for somebody to know today that God knows where you are. It's important today for you to understand that pastor may not know where you are. Some of you, even your spouses, may not truly understand where you are. But I need you to hear me and hear me good. That God knows the way that you are taking. And He is going to give you some candles to light up the darkness that is surrounding you. Are you ready for this? I'm going to give you four simple points. This is one of those sermons. It's just go at it, hit it hard. Bring it home and say, shake hands and be friends. You ready for it? In your darkness, this God I'm talking about is going to provide a candle of light. Long enough. Not for you to see your whole future. He's going to give you enough candle and enough light to take one step at a time. See, somebody needs to understand. We're in a race. But strong and steady is going to win the race. We need to understand, we may need to go back to elementary class and we, or kindergarten, and we may need to read the story of the tortoise and the hare and understand that that's a great spiritual concept because the hare is slow, but he's steady. He's committed. 
And the tortoise, he just keeps on going. What did I just say? I'm sorry, Brian. Thank you. The tortoise is slow, but the hare, can I just call him a rabbit? Hare confuses me. The rabbit is fast, but this little turtle, our tortoise, he's just thumping along, just doing what he does. But slow and steady is what ends up winning the race. There's a spiritual analogy here that teaches us it's not to the one that is always swift and takes off running fast trying to win the race. It is the person that you can trust on to do it when you call on them. It's the person that has commitment. It's the person that that prays and they're steady and they're consistent. Oh my God. There's something to be said for this. So watch this. So God lights up one step at a time. Now I'm going to give you four candles for the darkness that I feel like God wants to give us today. I hope one of them hits you so that you can see a little better and more clearly when you leave this place today. Number one, something that a wise preacher told me years ago, never make permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. One of, the mo- one of the best pieces of advice he ever gave me as a young pastor was be careful to make permanent decisions because you have to understand that things are temporary, they're seasonal, and they are going to come and they are going to go. You think about the children of Israel. They determined that the wilderness was permanent in their life. So they said, let's just live in the wilderness. Let's plant some, some gardens in the wilderness. Let's live accordingly as if the wilderness experience is all that we're going to have is permanent. But understand that God could have brought them out much sooner. A matter of fact, God would have brought them out much sooner if they had simply done the right thing. But they made a permanent decision based on a wilderness that God said you were not intended to live in. It is only a temporary place and you are going to be moving on. The circumstances may contradict the purpose of God. That means they may have conflict with the purpose of God in your life. But understand that the purpose and the plan of God will always prevail. Many are the plans in a man's heart. But the Lord's purpose or will will always prevail. Prevail. God is going to get you where He needs you to be. It is David that sums it up best for us when he talks about temporary circumstances. When he says, Weeping may endure for the night, you may go through turmoil, you may go through times of testing. Weeping may endure for the night, but your joy is going to come in the morning. And so, somebody today needs to understand that concept. Instead of giving up right now and saying it's never going to change. It's permanent. This is final. It's not the finality, folks. If you're going through a wilderness experience and darkness is closing in and you can't see God, you can't see the way that you're taking anymore. I need to tell somebody that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I need somebody to understand that your wilderness experiences, your valley experiences, your hard times, somebody hear me, it is only Temporary. You cannot make a permanent decision when God has you in a temporary place. Because God's going to bring you out. Somebody ought to say amen. I said God's going to bring you out of it. Hallelujah. See, understand with me. The circumstance is temporary. I can't, I can't give up permanently because of a temporary situation. What if... Today I have a bad Sunday. What if today uh, I just feel discouraged? What if today 
I preach and when I finish, that old devil whoops up on me pretty good. Says, man, you just didn't get it done today. You didn't get it done. Didn't get it done. You're horrible. And I start listening to that and I, I'm convinced. Hmm, I, I didn't do that good today. Hmm. Maybe, maybe I was a, a, a blunder. And I, and I begin to, to dwell on that and allow that to feed into my mind and into my heart. Until eventually, Sister Jean, I'm sitting here thinking, Michael, I'm not even worthy to preach. I shouldn't even be a preacher. What in the world? This is horrible. I could take one bad Sunday and get up here the next Sunday and say, Guys, I'm done. I'm packing my bags. We're leaving. I'm getting out of this thing. I did bad last week. So guess what? I ain't, I ain't preaching anymore. What I'm telling you is if I did that, do you understand how drastic that would be? Because I would take a temporary circumstance one Sunday and I'm going to judge the rest of my Sundays of my ministry based on one bad one because I've made a permanent decision that's going to ruin me, ruin my family, ruin everything. All of my life in general is going to be flipped upside down because I've made a bad situation something more than it should have been. I should have understood. I can't make a permanent decision based on this. I am going to just trust God and allow God to give me a candle and light the way and I'm going to get up next Sunday and I'm going to go at it again and I'm going to try one more time and then the next Sunday I'll try it again because God is going to help me through this it's the same way in your life some of you it may be that way on your job think about if you had a bad day at work and you walked in and told the boss tomorrow said I'm done somebody said hey honey have you got another job no I'm looking <laughs> I'm looking that would be would that not be dumb you would take a situation that's going to get better God don't want you to do that. That's a candle God's going to give you. Number two, never determine your difficulties in light of your personal resources. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that again. Never determine your difficulties based on the light of your personal resources. That means what you have in your hands. What you have in your hand is not all that's available to you. Oh, y'all ain't getting it. Philippians 4, 19, one of my favorite scriptures when he tells us that my God, he's going to supply all my needs according to what? His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So when I'm walking through this dark time, I can sit here and decide, I'm going to take my personal resources and I'm going to get out of this on my own. You know what's going to happen? Jimmy Purdue's going to have an ultimate fail. You know what's going to happen in your life? You're going to have an ultimate fail. Because you're going to find that the darkness is too great for you. You're going to find that even fighting against the devil, it's too great for you and yourself. You've got to have an almighty hand that comes down in the middle of your situation and says, I'm here to help you. And when he comes on the scene, all of a sudden, what's in my hand becomes so much greater. Watch this. This is powerful. Look at Moses. Exodus 4, 2, 3. I like this scripture too. It's like I, me and Jennifer, I was listening to some music yesterday. I said, man, that's my favorite song. Next one played. I said, that's my favorite song. She said, you said every song's your favorite song. I feel like I do that when I preach. This is one of my favorite verses. But it's good. So the Lord said to Moses, watch this. What is that in your hand? I preached a sermon on this one Sunday, if y'all recall. He said, a rod. It's a simple stick is all it is. So what did God say? He said, cast it on the ground. He cast it on the ground. It became a circuit, serpent. And I joked with y'all before that Moses fled from it. All right. He throws it down and he ran from the rod. I would have ran too. Wouldn't you? Watch what happens here. 
So Moses in himself, he doesn't have it. Moses in himself is speaking to a burning bush that is not consumed. Saying, God, I'm inadequate. I understand. I can't do it myself. But God lets him recognize you can't base the difficulties you're going to face off of what you only hold in your hand. What you've got to see is when I come on the scene and what I make happen out of your hands. And so all of a sudden, this is a candle for the darkness. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He goes to the king and he's standing there and the, the darkness is surrounding him. Let my people go. Pharaoh looks at him and says, I ain't letting your people go. The darkness is closing in. But this is what God said. Oh, the darkness is closing in. I'm not letting your people go. You can do what you want. And all of a sudden, God said, I'm going to give you a little candle. Don't you base the difficulty you're facing right now off of you, Moses. You take what is in your hand and watch what I can do with it and when he throws it on the ground what happened it become a snake it's a light for the darkness think about this whenever he's sitting there in the wilderness and the people of God want water and they're thirsty what does God say yet again it's getting dark these people want to kill me these people are going to end up stoning me but God said here goes a candle for your darkness if you'll just take that same rod in your hand and if you'll smite the rock I'm going to make water Come out of the rock. And divine provision happens again. Think about the parting of the Red Sea. What's in your hand? Lift it up. And all of a sudden the Red Sea will part. You'll walk on dry ground. Look what's in your hand. And then the water's going to turn to blood. I mean over and over. And I could go on and on. What God did when he got involved in the resources. Jesus' disciples are frustrated over the unbelievable task of feeding 5,000 people not counting men and children some guesstimate that there was at least 25,000 people that day and a little boy's lunch is all they have they don't have time to go to town the sun's setting people got to get home and there's this boy's lunch there that seems to be available actually it's all they had and in this lunch box that mama had packed for him it is two fish and five loaves of bread now, I may not look too big, but I promise you I could eat that whole meal by myself. I would rather have five fish and five loaves of bread, but I, I can work with two. And so, what God does, this is all I have. Now, if he would have determined the difficulty of the situation and saw the present darkness, he would have said, my God, we're going to die of hunger. We can't feed these people today. But Jesus took it into his hand, and what did he do? He began to bless it. See, there's something about the resources that I have that God can multiply. It's, it's, it's when my finances aren't enough. But all of a sudden I say, God, you know I've tried to be faithful. I'm paying my tithes. I'm giving in the offerings. I'm even helping try to buy cakes from the kids so they can get a playground. Look at what I'm trying to do. If you would just take this, it's not enough. But if you would take it. And all of a sudden, guess what God does, Johnny? He grabs my finances when I give it to him. And he says, wait a minute. I'm going to bless it. And when he blesses and all of a sudden God brings me out of difficult situations all because I didn't just look at what I possessed but I looked at what I possessed in the hands of God and it was so much more and that day 25,000 people eat to the filling and God in his miraculous way they walk around with basket full still of food Jesus put his hand on the situation little becomes much I need to tell somebody today that Jesus can do that for you. 
I need to tell somebody today that you may be in a situation you're looking at your resources and it's not enough. I need to say to somebody today, He can do that for you. And if I can just step out on a limb right here and if I can just have a moment of faith, I want to say I believe that God is getting ready to do that for you. If you'll just give what you got to Him and quit looking at the dark situation and thinking I can do it myself. But when you hand it to Him, all of a sudden God's going to start answering those prayers. It's like Ephesians 3.20. Another one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. And I always walk it up like that. Because in the, in the Greek, these words are like walking up these steps. The bottom being exceeding abundantly above. So what God is saying is God is able to do exceeding. And that's a lot. But he can do abundantly. And you think, man, that's a lot. That's more than I need. But then God says, wait a minute. I can even go above that. That's what God's trying to get us to understand today. Some of us are walking in darkness and can't see God. But God's just wanting us to recognize he is still the one that provides for us. He always has. And he always will. Trust him. He'll light your path. Number three. Never allow your memories to become larger than your dreams. Don't let memories of the past become larger than your dreams for the future. When it gets dark outside in my life, circumstances, I'm going to tell you, I can't revert back to some bygone of yesterday or yesteryear, all right? That's not what God wants me to do. I don't need to look to some bygone and some better day. And come to a conclusion that my best days are behind me. That my most prosperous years are behind me. That that it can't get any better. God blessed Israel even in the wilderness. Their feet grow bigger. Guess what their shoes do? Their shoes grow with their feet. Anybody had that happen lately? Alright. It's amazing. Now. Their clothes... They grow bigger, their clothes grow bigger. You talk about provision, my God Almighty, in their darkest time. But do you know what those scandals did? That's right, I use the word scandals. Do you know what those scandals did? When God didn't give them what they wanted, when they wanted it, in the time that they thought God should do it, we prayed, God didn't answer our prayer, we are mad now. Do you understand what they did? Look, watch this. The first thing they did was revert to bygones of the past. And they said, it would be better for us if you'd have just left us in Egypt. Why have you brought us to a wilderness to die? It would have been better if you'd have just... Here they are dwelling on the memories of the past. Even though they're in slavery, they said, at least we had food. Some of us in this building today... That when times get rough, sometimes we have a habit that we revert to the past and look at what God used to do and look at how God used to bless. But I'm going to preach that to you in just a moment. I want to repeat a declaration over your life before I go there. Right now in Jeremiah 29, 11. Another one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for evil. To give you a future And to give you a hope. I need somebody to hear that today. God is declaring over my life. God is declaring over your life. This is not your past. (laughs) This is not where you were. What you have done. This is your future. 
And God said, the plans that I have made for you, they are so much better than what you had way back when. Can you believe that God's going to do that for you? I'm going to tell you something. In dark times, it's easy to camp near this little fire of what we'll call reminiscence where we think about yesterday and we can get in this mode that we think our best days are behind us. We, 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 we're bad about it in church. We're bad with church, you know. We, we've got in this mindset, God help us. We've gotten in this mindset that the best days that the church has ever had is behind us. We have gotten into this mindset and we all say it, we all do it. I do it, you do it. God, I, I wish to God we could have church like we used to have church. Man, I wish that the Lord moved like He used to move. Man, I wish we had miracles like we used to have miracles. Anybody ever said that? It's just different now. We're constantly, no wonder God can't do more for us. No wonder God don't bless us any more than He does. Because we're so busy being, it's larger. Our memories of yesterday are larger than our future. It's larger than what we're dreaming about. Instead of looking down the road thinking big and saying, My God, God's able to do exceeding abundantly above. God can do more for us than He's ever done before. But every time God tries to bless us, we go back to where we used to be. See, the thing that Israel didn't understand is they went back to Egypt when God was sitting there shouting, saying, do you not know where I'm taking you? You want to go back to slavery? I'm taking you to the promised land. I'm taking you to a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm taking you to a place that is going to take two full-grown men to carry the grapes on their shoulders that you're going to bring back to camp for your family to eat. And you mean to tell me all you want to do is reminisce about yesterday. Forget about that. I get ready to do a new thing. Can you not see it? The Lord said it is already sprung up. I'm asking somebody in this church today to have faith with me. Enough to quit looking and reminiscing at what things used to be and how it used to go. I'm begging you by the grace of God right now from the pulpit to the back door to say God I'm going to dream bigger than I've ever dreamed before for myself for my family for my church God is going to do something greater than I've ever seen before no wonder it's so dark we're looking back where God's already brought us from but if we would just start dreaming again because darkness can cause you to give up on your dreams folks there's no use in trying or fighting. <laughs> but God says light the candle. And refuse to allow those memories to be bigger than your dreams. And I'll leave you with this one. I'll close number four. Learn to dispel the darkness. By building your own fire. My text says it this way. Isaiah 50 and verse 11. Let's put it back up. Look all you who kindle a fire. Look at what he says. Encircle yourselves with sparks. Watch this part. Walk in the light of your fire. And in the sparks that you've kindled. Walk. I guess what I'm saying. Sometimes you got to build your own fire. I guess what I'm trying to say. Is you can't always wait on the preacher. To get a prayer through to heaven. I guess what I'm trying to say. Is you can't always depend on men and women of God having to grab you and beat you over the head. And pray you through again. Sometimes you need to get down and start your own fire 
in the middle of your darkness. <laughs> you know, me and Branson mess around sometime, and uh, I pick at him and tell him one day we're just going to go camping. We're going to do it man style. Anybody want to sign up? Do I have anybody? All right, one. Look at her. I got some people. Branson, we got some help. We're going to need it. Because I've been watching Bear Grylls on TV and the way he starts a fire. I'm talking about old school guys. I ain't talking, we ain't taking all these, these lighters and all this stuff. All right, I'll tell you what. We're going to take one thing a piece that we think is necessary, essential for the journey. That's all we're going to get. We're going in the middle of nowhere. I hope somebody can build a fire is all I'm trying to say. Because I've tried rubbing the sticks. The thing don't work. I just get blisters on my hand. I have no idea what's going on. What I'm telling you is this. Sometimes if I'm walking in the woods, you know what? I got to build a fire. If there's nobody else but me, I better figure out how to do it. And I'm telling somebody in your spiritual journey today that there's some of you that need, you need to walk in your own fire. You need to walk by the sparks that are created when you build your own fire. There are days. Let me show you. 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6. Let me read this to you. Watch it closely. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. Please understand, they have just lost their sons and their daughters to war. The enemy has come into the camp and took the sons and daughters. This is where we are. So the people started talking about, we're going to stone the king. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. What were they grieved about? They were grieved for their sons and for their daughters. That's a sermon in itself, but let's go on. Time's running out. But David... He could have sat in the corner and said, my Lord, I messed up this time. I'm the leader. Things have went south. I deserve to be stoned. a matter of fact, I'm just going to go out here and I'll get the first stone for them to cast at me. I deserve it. I'll let their sons and their daughters be taken off by the enemy. I should have been here. We should have been standing guard. I have failed my people. I deserve to die. But David didn't do that. David built his own fire when the darkness was closing in. And he said, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Listen to me somebody. There's times you just got to do that. The pastor ain't going to do it. Your friends aren't going to do it. There comes a time you're going to have to build your own fire. In order to dispel the secret situations and the circumstances and darkness that surround your life. I mean my God listen if you're going to kill me let's go one to the head. I definitely don't want stones. Can you imagine that slinging them things out busting your nose your eyeball. David's like this ain't the way I'm going out. And you know the story. God said, go and recover all. And he did just that. And the people were happy again because God brought him through. Because he built a fire. See, I want you to understand in Acts 16, 25. Paul and Silas are singing. In the midnight hour. Does anybody know what midnight is? It's really, really dark outside. They were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Now somebody hold on and grab this. People watch. How we respond to the darkness in our life. Boy, that's good stuff out there. When you go through a circumstance, Brian, and, and it's tough, don't dare think that the sinner ain't sitting there watching thing, huh? Let's see what he's going to do this time. Just look at Job's friends when he's going through all that. 
Some of them we thought maybe meant well, but some of the things they said, it seems like they were just discouraging him, thinking, you sinned, Job, this is why you're going through this. And their friends are just saying, they are wanting to see how he's going to respond to a situation. Even his own wife said, why don't you curse God and die? How are you going to respond, Job? And Job responds, we know, in a positive light. And says, this God knows the way that I take. My Redeemer lives. When I come out, I'm going to be like pure gold. I mean, I started off as dust. I'm going to end at dust. But my Redeemer still lives. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I mean, can you hear what he's doing the whole time? He's kindling his own fire. And he's walking in the spark. He doesn't understand why this happened yesterday. But he keeps building the fire. He keeps encouraging. And he takes another step. Something bad happens. But he keeps building this fire. And he keeps encouraging himself. Going on and on and on. One step at a time until in the end. God gave him double what he had before. Because he kept building a fire. When he could have went back home and cried like a baby. Oh, hallelujah. Paul and Silas do the same thing. The prisoners are watching them. In the midnight hour, they begin to build a fire. And they walk in the sparks of that fire. When no one else came through for encouragement, we can always build a fire of praise, a fire of thanksgiving, a flame of worship, if you will. Sandra, go ahead and get on the keyboard and play if you would, please. So God today has made a promise to me, to you, that He's going to give us light for our journey. What I called it is candles for the darkness David expressed to us I want to read this to you there's some scriptures Psalm 18 there's some scriptures that I preach there's other ones I'm just like I don't even need to say anything this is one of those David said for you will light my lamp the Lord my God he will enlighten my darkness for by you for by you I can run against the troop by my God I can even leap over a wall that means let circumstance come. I'm going to jump right over it. Won't hinder me. As for God, His way, it's, it's perfect. The Word of the Lord, it's proven. I love it, I love it, I love it. He's saying time after time after time. I've looked at the scripts over and over and over again. God lighted the path. When the darkness showed up for his people, he's always done it. Since Genesis all the way to Psalm, where I'm writing today on this script, God has always done it. He is a shield to all of those who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? Who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength. It is God who makes my way perfect. I need to tell someone here today a simple message, and that is you're going to make it. I need somebody to hear me. Light a few of these candles I've told you today, and God is going to light your path. Will you receive that today in the name of Jesus? For Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp. Can we just say a candle? Can we just say a lamp to my feet? And it is a light to what? It's a light to my path. So when it's dark in this world, it's dark in my life God says there's a candle my word is going to start lighting you you're going to open up your Bible and you're going to read something tomorrow morning and when you read it God's going to say there you go Jimmy that's exactly what you need for today that's exactly what you need to do that scripture and all of a sudden I can see a little more and I take another step there was a reason that this walk with God is called a walk of faith because it's one day at a time it's one step at a time it's one circumstance at a time it's one difficulty at a time it's one embarrassment heartache whatever you want to call it at a time but his word 
his candles. They're lighting my path. Can we all stand in the house of God today? Oh, praise the Lord. Sing it. Oh, when I think about the Lord. About the Lord. Sing it with him. How he saved, he saved me. How he raised me. How he filled me with the Holy Ghost. How he healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord. Oh, how, how he picked me up and turned me around. How he placed my feet on solid ground. It makes me want to. Well, it makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy. Of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise, it makes me want to shout. Oh, hallelujah! I thank you, Jesus, because Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. God, today I thank you. I praise you for your word. And I'm asking you in Jesus' name that as there are those among us that find themselves in darkness, those among us that find themselves in a dark situation, in a circumstance that they can't see a way out, I'm asking you in Jesus' powerful name, give them a candle. Maybe something I said today is going to help them to make it through tomorrow, one day at a time. Your word is full of candles. That you give us instruction and say, I'm going to light your path. I'm going to help you make it through. Father, do that for your people today. I will give you praise and glory in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. As they continue to play, is there anyone today that needs special prayer? Because if you do, we want you to come forward. I'm going to give you a moment to do that. But before we start.